Of course, reflecting on the announcement yesterday, uh, Ghost, I, I certainly, it seems as though this is a step in the right direction for transaction capital, uh, especially given the plight that they've been through in the last two years. Yeah, look, I think when, when a share price is badly broken and the transaction capital share price is certainly broken, then the market looks to any good news and, and gets a little bit excited, a little bit of speculative trading comes into it. And you mentioned 10% up today. It was a bit less than that when I looked earlier. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still sitting like 70% down from, you know, where I was. So mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those uh, it's one of those small consolation prizes. But, yeah, I think the market is just happy to see something happening at Transaction Capital. But goodness knows there's an incredibly long way to go for them to actually save. Mm-hmm. I, I almost want to say save face. I think it's too late to save the entry price for a lot of people. At this point in time, it's really just damage control. Mm. Maybe let's talk about that uh, level of damage control uh, and also accurately explaining what unbundling actually does for a business, especially in a scenario of this nature. Yeah, perfect. So normally in an unbundling, it's because there is a very good business that's kind of locked into some kind of conglomerate structure. And so the market doesn't really see that business, can't access just that business directly. So a very good example was, you know, when Zira, the and that ZE. You know, DA, not Z E D E R, the car rental and uh, business was unbundled. You know, that was very much a part of a conglomerate letting that thing go to go out on its own and spread its wins and investors to be able to get in on the action. This is a little bit different. This is, I think, transaction capital trying to get We Buy Cars away from the contagion of SA Taxi. They've certainly tried very hard to remind the market all the time that. You know, there is no cross default risk. Even if SA Taxi went bankrupt, that doesn't mean anything happens to We Buy Cars or Newton for that matter, which is the other division inside Transaction Capital. Mm. But at the end of the day, they've also acknowledged before that reputationally it's getting difficult for them in conversations with funders. I mean, it's just hard for We Buy Cars to behave like a growing corporate when they are now inside a house that is on fire because that's what transaction capital is. It's like a house on fire, but there's one bedroom that's kind of, you know, looking okay. Mm. It's actually not fair to Newton. Two bedrooms are looking okay. And SA Taxi is very much on fire. Mm. So the unbundling is to say, get we buy cars out of there, you know, literally give it to the shareholders and hope that over time, that is a better outcome for we buy cars and the transaction capital executives can then focus on what they know and understand. And frankly, the, you know, the horror story that they've, they've created there, which is, SA Taxi and then Newton, which is still profitable. 100%. I'm glad that you've elaborated on that because this does give us some insight as to, you know, how that opportunity might might translate and, of course, unfold. Uh, but as we know, uh, they've been very clear that shareholders need to be very clear in terms of understanding the unbundling and, of course, the various approvals that would have to to take place. Your thoughts on, um, I guess, help us in, helping us understand this particular process and uh, typically how long these kind of opportunities do take? So look, at this point in time, the board has really only given an in-principle resolution to go ahead with an unbundling. So we're a long way still from knowing exactly all of the mechanics and how this will affect the transaction capital balance sheet, exactly how it will work with the put option around the remaining stake in We Buy Cars. So there's actually a huge amount of detail that still needs to come to light. But I think what the market has started to do is look at some of the numbers and say, you know, how big is We Buy Cars in isolation? How big is it as a portion of uh, transaction capital? It's it's kind of funny because We Buy Cars makes more profit than the group. 
which, you know, you would expect because you have a scenario where SA Taxi is basically wiping out all of the profit being made by Newton and then some, you know, plus there's all the corporate costs. So you have this weird situation where they're not unbundling something that makes less money than the total. Uh, But that's also not to say that, you know, we buy cars is worth more than transaction capital as a group. It's going to be quite interesting to see where all the chips fall with this. I had a look at some numbers earlier as prep for this and transaction capital's current market cap when I looked was, you know, around six and a half billion. Um, I think that we buy cars, they've got three and a half billion roughly in equity and they get a really good return on equity. So 21.2% was return on equity in their last financial year. That implies that they might trade at a premium to book value. I think that's realistic. So, mm. you know, you could have we buy cars coming out here with a really decent market cap actually. And then it, it really begs the question around, well, how big is the rest of transaction capital? What value is the market willing to put on SA Taxi, if anything? And then the rest of it is Newton. So I think this is one of those scenarios where until there is actually a detailed circular to shareholders that sets out absolutely all of the technicalities and information, yep. everything else is just speculation up until then. And that's what we're seeing in the market. I mean, that's why it's 10%. It's not like a hell of a lot of people went and ran detailed financial models all day and came up with that number. This is just so typical of a broken stock, some good news, and people buy it. It could just as easily be down 10% next week. We don't know. Mm. Very true. Many moving parts that we we see in that regard. Uh, In your view, though, as you do take a look at a number of proudly South African homegrown businesses, in my mind, I'm thinking uh, of uh, the various stocks that we've seen that have been unbundled, uh, listed independently and have done incredibly well. Uh, Capitec coming out of PSG. Zeda, as you say, Z-E-D-A, coming out of Barlow World uh, and listing. uh, And and the likes of Bidvest, uh, um, um, Bidcorp rather, coming out of uh, Bidvest. So uh, your thoughts, I guess, and and your views on on how this does sometimes transpire into a significant value being created for for investors. So those are all fabulous examples. Um, And, you know, when it works, it works. And often it works because people are unbundling something quite good. It's quite rare that people unbundle something bad Mm. because the whole idea is you're giving this to your shareholders. You know, the goal is not to throw them a hot potato. So that's why unbundlings do tend to do okay. Uh, But the market does get into the detail. I mean, Zeta struggled initially because the market was worried about the debt that was still owed to Barlow World. And I think the business performed very well, got out of the balance sheet hole that people were worried about, and now it's doing very well. Like I like We Buy Cars. I like the transaction capital deals with We Buy Cars. I've been a transaction capital shareholder for that exact reason. Unfortunately, I then caught the big collapse. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's it's really irritating because that everything was going right. And We Buy Cars, I thought the way they did the transaction was really clever, staggered it over time. You know, they made sure that the founders were still very involved in the business. And I am an absolute petrol head, and so I understand this market. And I think We Buy Cars did something quite special in the market. They created a liquidity floor. So the days of, you know, I'm immigrating, I need to sell my car, and then you get a terrible offer from a dealer somewhere who just is basically taking advantage of you, those days are over. That's what We Buy Cars does. They bring liquidity into a market, which closes the bid offer spread. They try to make a small amount on every car and pump the volumes through. And it's a clever model, and the return on equity speaks for itself. So... I think we buy cars over time could be a good story, you know, and by being in used cars that also speaks quite well to general strain on South African consumers, you know, people will buy used because they can't necessarily afford new. And I think the other trick in their toolbox is because they are not brand specific, you're not taking risk on, you know, Havel is popular right now, but what about in 10 years? Mm. 10 years ago, BMW South Africa could do no run. Right. Right now, they're selling like half as many cars as they used to. We buy cars doesn't come with that risk. 
100%. Glad that you mentioned that. To close off with Finance Ghost, I can't let you go without commenting on David Hurwitz. I saw an interesting article on MoneyWeb uh, about a significant payout that he'll receive, about 39 million rand, if I'm not mistaken, following his exit and, um, from the company in September last year. Yeah, look, I think uh, the less said about that, the better. Unfortunately, that's the way these things work in corporates is, is corporate managers often get these very cushy failures. I mean, I can tell you for sure, no one from Transaction Capital has phoned up and offered to make me whole on the money that I've lost. So that's why it, uh, it inevitably leaves a, a bad taste in the market. But that's also how it works in, in corporate executive remuneration. It's an ongoing bugbear for me, especially as an entrepreneur. I think that corporates just overpay people as a rule at executive level, which you know will probably be an unpopular view. But a lot of corporate executives are actually just caretakers of something that someone else built and they get made into millionaires for basically being right place, right time. So that's why people get annoyed with this stuff. And it's not a great look for transaction capital that that's how things played out. Because as I say, you know, no one is sorting out the hole in my brokerage account. Makes you question who actually caught the falling knife then. <laughs> More you than David, right? On that yeah, note, certainly, without a doubt. <laughs> definitely. Such a pleasure speaking to you as always, Ghost. Really appreciate your time. If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za.